Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, one and all. You've just connected with Parkinson's Recovery. I am Roger Robert Rogers, and this is the place to be if you're interested in finding information, ideas, and resources that can help you get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's or help you if you are a friend or family member of someone who currently experiences the symptoms of Parkinson's, get ideas for what you can do for your loved one as well as for yourself. My guest today is somebody that I've known now for several years who has just released a most remarkable book entitled Songs, Science, and Spirit, Musical Keys to Open Special Doors of Ability. Now, that's an incredible title, and it's also an incredible book. I saw an earlier version of the book over a year ago, and I couldn't wait to have Heather McTavish, my guest today, on the show so she could talk about the incredible creation that is evidenced in this most remarkable book. Heather, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Tell us about yourself. It, it's... Um... Let me see. Uh, down to the, the the basics. I'm 63 years old. I was born in Canada and came to the United States to San Francisco when I was 15, and I've remained in the Bay Area more or less. Um, I've had a, a full life, mostly involving, to one degree or another, uh, physical challenges, uh, from a birth defect in my spine to all sorts of other things that uh, gave me uh, life's lessons that I wasn't thinking that I was prepared at the time to learn. Um, I started my own bookkeeping business in my 30s, did very well, got diagnosed with Parkinson's when I was 47, thought my world had ended and ended up experiencing and still experiencing an extraordinary new set of lives, not just one but many, uh, over these last 14 years that have been pretty powerful for me, and, and I'm I'm grateful. And I know people have difficulty hearing that when people say, well, I came up with this dread disease, but I'm happy about it. But in effect, it, it really can be true uh, if you learn the underpinnings of the support that's around for any issue that you may encounter. I want to ask you some questions about your book. Your book delves into a wide spectrum, including Parkinson's disease, music therapy, science, and spirit. If you were to use one word to describe a common denominator that reflects what the book is all about, what would that one word be? I've agonized over that question. Um, In our society, we want to slot things. And I felt that my book didn't fit into any slot. It fit into so many. But I came up with the word empowerment. Um, Empowerment is the reason that I wrote the book, wanting to empower individuals who are bringing 
programs to others and also empowering the individuals who um, have illnesses such as Parkinson's. Um, I I wanted to teach them that things are not at the end of the world when they appear to be. And in terms of empowerment, my gift was that I ended up empowering myself. I recognized that I had a knowledge that I wasn't aware of until I started writing about my experiences. What has been the most satisfying part about writing songs, science, and spirit? Looking back to my life and refreshing my memories of the wonderful experiences and connections that I've had with others, it's really been a wonderful journey of memories and learnings. You have a lot of uh, music and song uh, embedded in the book, as well as uh, science and spirit. Do you have a musical background? No, but the music is embedded in my soul. Um, we all have a musical background, from uh, being drummed by our mothers when we're in the womb with the heartbeat. Um, I looked back and thought, why is it that music became... because music had not been important in my life except I loved to sing um, until the time when I really had to look at it and see well what experience have you had and the answer was I went to church I learned to sing in church um, my mother used to drive from Montreal to Ottawa almost every weekend we'd come and visit uh, her sister and during the trips um, Sing Along with Mitch was on the radio. And so I sang in the car. I sang with my mother. Singing has been a real part of it, but not formal musical training. I want to turn a previous question around. What's been the most challenging part about writing your book, Songs, Science, and Spirit? <laughs> Almost the same reasons that became uh, those that were most satisfying. In order to write about what I had experienced, I really had to delve into and recreate my emotions and reactions to things that I have experienced and um, pros prospered as a result of. So they were difficult times where... I became my own therapist in a way, saying, okay, this is what happened, but then then how did that affect you? And uh, wanting to be very honest and clear about those actions and reactions. I'd like to ask you to talk more about the specifics of what the book is all about and who is it that needs to purchase the book. Well, I wrote the book initially because I got involved with the drumming, um, and I became a drum circle facilitator. Uh, it's very much like a, um, a conductor who stands in the middle of a circle and uh, assists people in, in um, coming up with music that uh, is something that all can share. And I'm sorry, there was a noise outside, and I've lost my train. Ask me that question again. It was really... To 
talk more about the specifics of what's in your book. Uh, what, oh, what is right. it? What's it about? Who should get it? Who should read it? Who should use it? And and so what happened to me when I started working is um, I ended up inadvertently working with a population that uh, I was very familiar with, people with challenges. And I found as I got involved in the community of others who are doing the same thing is that they didn't have an understanding of the underpinnings of the relationships between individuals and their illnesses. I wanted to act as a bridge to inform um, people who are doing arts-based therapy on exactly what is going on or can be going on with the populations that they're serving. So um, after years of doing training, this became my, my book to train individuals on how to comport themselves, understand, and be empathic with other populations rather than being judgmental or dictatorial. So certainly anyone who would like to facilitate a Parkinson's support group would benefit from what's in the book. Not just support groups. Anyone who knows someone with Parkinson's um, or any other uh, long-term illness, there's a, a set of circumstances that happen um, that revolve around emotions and feelings that I think it's really important for others to to know and understand. So what I set out to do is tell stories rather than dictating facts to um, give an understanding of what's going on and buttressing uh, the stories with um, uh, quotes and, and specifics uh, from um, a medical point of view. Persons then who are caregivers, spouses, family members, and friends uh, who deeply care about one who currently experiences symptoms of Parkinson's would certainly benefit from your book. In in more than one way, not just in uh, giving the person with Parkinson's uh, a good experience, but in discovering that they can enjoy the relationship that they used to have on a level of music and song. So the real important thing for me is a mutual enjoyment and celebration, not just... I was born with a birth defect in my spine, and I hate exercise. From the time I was a little girl, I had to do all of these awful exercises, and they were solitary ones. Um, but if they had somehow been able to construct them around music and singing and having fun, I would have done them gladly. So that's what I've tried to do with the book, is give tools for others to enjoy relationships with their loved ones um, with a musical um, tie-in. I have to report to everyone that an idea I have that I want to put out there is if you happen to be a member of a support group uh, sponsored by either yourself or another person or foundation, and you find the support group meetings are not fun, have somebody in your support group purchase 
Heather McTavish's book, Song, Science, and Spirit. It has wonderful suggestions of activities that your support group can do each and every time you get together. So this would transform an occasion that might be somewhat depressing for some of the members to an occasion where everyone would look forward to having an absolutely wonderful time. And, of course, in having a good time, there's also incredible healing that's coexistent with that. What ways have people been touched through your work, Heather? Well, I I wanted to go back with with what you're saying, but I can answer that in in the, the same response, I guess, is it's the opportunity to have fun that's so important. And in 2006, the first um, uh, con- um, Parkinson's Disease Congress took place in Washington, D.C., and I was a, an integral member of, of the, the process. And one of the things that I did was to um, be in charge of what we called the renewal room. So these were scientists who got together, but also individuals who had Parkinson's. And the renewal room offered programs that could be done um, that would that were arts based. And one of the greatest times we had was when um, someone wanted from someone from Israel wanted to do a program showing how playing ping pong. Um, had helped him with the, his Parkinson's symptoms. And he wanted to do a demonstration, and I thought, what fun would it be to watch two people play ping pong? So instead, I got these Remo drum paddles that are, are basically drums on a paddle, and they ended up he ended up doing a program um, where they were using drums uh, drum paddles as um, tools, and they were jumping all over the place and making movements that they hadn't been able to do when they were, you know, conscious of it. Does that make sense? It does. What an innovative thing to do. I have also had, talked with and had calls from individuals who said just exactly that. They've said that uh, they played uh, ping pong when they were younger, picked it back up after they developed the symptoms of Parkinson's, and the amazing report is when they play ping pong, no symptoms whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, they can whip any opponent, doesn't matter who it is. So they find that ping pong is uh, really their salvation. Well, let me go back to the question I wanted to be sure to get you to answer. What ways have people been touched through your work? I think it's it's a way that unites individuals to understanding that they're part of a community. And so many people that I'm in contact with feel that they are the only ones who feel this way or that way, whether it be depressed, upset, angry, or experiencing some aspect of of having Parkinson's that may not be well known, and they feel isolated and alone. So the way I've been touched the most has been in understanding that there's a common denominator that we all share, and, and that is that we're we're not alone in anything that we have. And the most enlightening thing that happens to me is when I hear from someone who says, I'm experiencing... Two weeks ago, I read an article about a man who said, 
that he cries all the time. And how wonderful that was for me to read because I cry a lot and I chastise myself for my tears, but I know they're not sad tears. They're just, uh, they, they, they just come out as an expression. And it was so wonderful for me to realize that it wasn't Heather crying. It was part of the process of the disease itself. It helped enormously. And that's how I try to help other people is to help them understand the commonality of their experiences. I'm Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is Heather McTavish, who is the author of a book just released, Songs, Science, and Spirit, Musical Keys to Open Special Doors of Ability. Heather, what life lessons have you had since your diagnosis of Parkinson's disease? Probably the most profound part of this whole process is the looking back at the fears that I experienced when I got the diagnosis. My world fell apart in five minutes. I walked into um, a neurologist's office thinking I would be diagnosed with yet another uh, spinal uh, issue that was going to require surgery and isolation from body casts and walked out with a diagnosis of Parkinson's. So everything fell apart, and it's since then that I've learned about chaos theory, um, that new order can only come out of the destruction, the complete destruction of the old order. So I've learned that when the end of my world seems imminent, it is the end of the old world, but it's the beginning of a new world I don't need to know what that world is. I just need to have faith that there is a new beginning out there. And there has certainly been a new beginning for you, as evidenced in your book. One of the words in the title of your book is spirit. So the total title is Songs, Science, and Spirit. How has Parkinson's shaped your spirituality? It's been, it's been a huge shift. Parkinson's, having Parkinson's required, uh, the diagnosis of the Parkinson's um, and the issues with which I was dealing um, forced me to give up my bookkeeping business that I'd been working 75, 80 hours a week for, you know, six, seven years on. And I had to leave that all behind. And so I found myself in a void looking for a reason to live. And frankly, I was having difficulty with it. Um, But in trying to figure out what I would do with the rest of my life, I found that having to give up my business and my life gave me the opportunity of reflection and gave me the time to do it. So it, it... offered me, um, it allowed me to attend graduate school, as it were. I mean, if my regular schooling was how to deal with pain, long-term pain, etc., from my birth defects, the graduate school taught me how to deal with the emotional pain of feeling that my value in the world had been diminished, if not uh, taken out entirely. 
some of the people listening to the show today have just come out of a neurologist office and heard that they've been uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Others have had the symptoms for 20, 25, 30 years. You have experienced the symptoms for over 14 years. What do you want people to know about Parkinson's disease? You're not alone. And there are resources out there, and I think it's one of the huge hurdles that we must get over. So many people who contact me, I ask them if they've gone to support groups, and they say no. Um, To them, it's an admission of need and one that represents failure in a way. And that certainly was for me. When I first started out, I ended up working to bring programs to to um, people with Parkinson's, but not actually participating in the process because I refused to recognize my own needs. I couldn't. Now I, I have. And it's the understanding that we all experiencing, we're all experiencing very similar symptoms, but the emotional reactions to those symptoms are worldwide. They're pretty common. I have a question I want to ask you, uh, Heather, uh, for caretakers. What is important to remember when caring for an individual who currently experiences uh, the symptoms of Parkinson's? Have fun. It seems, it seems, you know, diametrically opposed to the, the, having Parkinson's itself, but to understand and remember to have fun and understand that I, I think initiation of movement is, is such a, a common factor with individuals with Parkinson's. So I may have a list of things that help me, um, but when something's going on, I don't have the wherewithal to actually access that list. So that's where I encourage people, especially when it comes to music, they can just catapult you uh, out of whatever you're going through, um, is a reminder and a sharing of uh, musical experiences that that could happen um, to, to change and um, affect uh, affect your whole way of being. Um, I'm sorry there's a a guy vacuuming or, or uh, mowing. Oh, that yeah, can be very distracting. <laughs> your, yes. your, your book uh, describes uh, actual sessions that you've done, and I know you do them in many different ways. Can you describe for listeners what a session might look like that you would actually facilitate? Are there musical instruments? Are there drums? Are there song sheets? What really happens when you facilitate a session for people? Um, I'm I'm scheduled to do a session uh, next Wednesday, actually a week from today, with a memory unit um, uh, in a facility. And so many of the people have Alzheimer's, dementia, and also Parkinson's because you know, those issues uh, will um, are 
common, you know, not common. I don't know what the percentage is. Do you know the percentage? Is it 30% of people with Parkinson's have a, um, an opportunity to develop dementia aspects? It's probably around that, Heather, 25% more than likely. So, but that's so about right. I, so what I understand is there are things to happen that can ignite your brain and to stave off the possibilities of having something like that. So um, I'll be going there and telling them a story. We all love stories, and I'm going to tell them the story of how I uh, fell in love with my husband, met him, fell in love with him, and got married. But it's all done um, in the format of like a, a musical game show where I'll tell them um, some hints, and they'll come up with the song, we'll sing to it, we'll drum to it, and then we'll go on to the next one. And they'll get very caught up in the story and fail to register uh, pain um, or depression that they might be experiencing because they're having so much fun. That does sound totally fun to me. How often should musical activities be scheduled? I think they need to be part of your everyday life, not just a schedule. If you're talking about a formal um, musical intervention is what the music therapist called it, and I am not, by the way, a music therapist um, in terms of training, in life training, yes. Um, last week I did a, a very small circle. There was a man with um, dementia, and we sang for 20 minutes. I did the story song of how I met my husband. I've seen him a couple of times since then, and he sings to me every time I see him. It's become our bond, the bond of the shared memories. Uh, it's those songs that can create a bridge between people who have challenges such as Parkinson's and those who care for them or love them. You have certain songs that are listed in your book that you've discovered can help with a certain motor challenges. For example, do you have a song that tends to help when a person freezes? Uh, one of my favorites. Um, I, I thought about, you know, when you're standing on a corner and you can't put your foot down to get across that crosswalk. And the song is... Standing on the corner, watching all the girls go by. When you bring yourself out of the, the, the pickle that you're in and into the song that you're surrounded with, you find yourself walking across the corner. So that's one of my um, movement songs. But it might be that I don't have the wherewithal when I'm frozen to think of that song. And that's where having a, what I call a body balance sheet is great. I have them up on my refrigerator. I'll give them to caregivers, especially when I, it, things become more difficult, so that they can start singing the song and I can join in when it's appropriate and when I need it. 
so for freezing, would there be several songs that would be listed that a person could activate, or would there mostly be just one song that you'd want to make sure to use all the time? Oh, no, there's anything that moves you. I call them the gatekeeper song. Um, it might be something that helps you uh, with moving your left leg and then your right leg. Um, oh, I was left right out of your heart. It, it, it gives these clues and cues for for walking. Um, I'm walking, yes, indeed, and I'm talking. It depends on what your age level is and what your connection is. And the important thing is is to come up with them when they're, they're fun and not when they're necessarily needed. So then you end up with a list of possibilities for future needs. Here am I walking into the other room again, <laughs> followed by this lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, for example, a person who's getting dressed and they're having problems zipping up a zipper? Is there a song yeah. for that? Even, you know, that I avoid zippers, but even so I find myself using this song when I'm just trying to, you know, get my clothes on. Um, Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay, my, oh, my, what a wonderful day. It not only helps me get my pants up, but it helps get my spirits up and helps me on my way. Is there a song that you personally find yourself singing more than other songs? I think it really depends on. I think Zippity Doo is about the one that I like the best. Um, it really depends on what it is that I'm trying to accomplish at the time. I like the counting songs. Um, yes, I, now I'm thinking of it. One, two, three. Ah, uh, look at Mr. Lee. Three, four, five. Ah. Uh, it gives me these numbers that I can follow. I use that a lot. Uh, and there are marvelous suggestions of songs in your book, to Heather. Uh, a wonderfully rich list of song I, possibilities. I, I've just run across a, a quote that I have um, by Oliver Sacks. And um, he was the one that they wrote the book, or they wrote the um, movie Awakenings. Yes. Uh, um, he hurt his leg and was going through a process of not being able to walk and going through all of these um, caregiving sessions trying to get him to walk. May I quote what he said? Please do. After taking a series of halting and exhausting steps in this manner... Dr. Sachs paused to rest and reflect, this is walking? I said to myself, and then with a qualm of terror, is this what I will have to put up with for the rest of my life? This is what we ask ourselves when we have Parkinson's. And he says, and suddenly into the silence came music, glorious music. And he said, I found myself walking easily, joyfully with the music. And it's suddenly, in the moment that this inner music started, and the, um, my kinetic memory, uh, my walking came back. So this is a man who is a, a, a neurologist 
who had to understand and find out for himself throughout his own body the impact that music can have on movement. Music really is medicine, then, of the supreme sort. It is. It is. Are musical activities safe for anyone or all individuals who are in care facilities? Well, that really needs to be determined by the the staff. Um, but it's the place where I do most of my programs. The, the, um, the beauty is that the individuals who are at the facilities understand the personalities and challenges of the residents. So they can combine that and help me lead the music in a way that's going to help them express themselves and uh, both physically and emotionally. Um, and so there's where the story songs come in. Um, my, I've started a new website. It's called uh, www.music-ability.com. And on it, I'm going to be publishing various story songs that I have so that people who work for these facilities can actually conduct um, what I call my drum story song sessions with their residents. And frankly, drums don't have to be part of the process. It really is the activation is in the emotional area of the memory of the song. The physical act of beating the drum is a bonus that gives uh, physical uh, activity to an emotional um, prod, so to speak. So anybody who is currently a facilitator of care facilities will be able to get some incredible suggestions of story songs from your new website. That's an incredible contribution to the universe, Heather. Thank you. It's been It's been great. I love doing these training programs, and I've done them across the world, and I have, like in, in Germany, I didn't know their songs, but I I taught them the concept, and then these wonderful young people came up with a story song that were, you know, in an, a language that I didn't understand. Um, they had a ball, and they were very effective, and they learned that they could take their culture and apply it to my concepts and come up with um, a, a really effective program for others. You currently live uh, near the San Francisco Bay Area, and as I understand it, you facilitate uh, groups mostly in uh, healthcare settings in the Bay Area. Do you go outside of there? If you were to get invitations to go to Oregon or Utah or Washington, do you ask, do you also travel to do this work? I'm I'm a zealot. I will go anywhere that I'm able to go to bring this music and and this concept to others. Uh, there are no boundaries. Um, I'm on my way to India in November to uh, help out with Zubin's foundation. Um, I've gone. I went on a 
a holiday in Bali some years back and ended up doing programs with challenged uh, individuals um, in Bali. It was absolutely stunning. So I've learned that that this is so much a part of my life that I don't, I'm not able to separate my vacation from my program. It it all is entwined in one. How would people get in touch with you to explore the possibility of your visiting their hometown to do a training session or a group session for them? Um, my email address is www. No, that's my. Uh, I'll tell you that one then. It's my website address is www.music-ability.com. My email is, it starts off with the longest word in the in the English language that doesn't have a, um, what's not a, now here we go with my memory with the words. It's also a way that I can involve others in the process. Not a consonant, but what's the, a, a, a vowel. Rhythms mm-hmm. is the longest word in the English language that does not have a vowel. Oh, right. So my, Which I can never my, spell, by the way. Which no one can spell. It's right. so difficult. So it's R-H-Y-T-H-M-S at R-C-N, that's Robert Carol Nancy, dot com. Or you can just type in Heather McTavish on Google and, and start wandering. You'll finally... You'll find yourself with my book or um, with a, a YouTube um, show with me doing a story song in India or um, all sorts of places on your website, which is excellent. Yes. So Heather McTavish's book is on Amazon, and her last name is spelled M-A-C-T-A-V-I-S-H. First name, Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R. And the name of the book is Songs, Science, and Spirit. I noticed, Heather, that Zubin Balsera is credited as a co-author, but the writing is in the first person. Why is that? Many years ago, when I met Zubin briefly at a, a program, a training program in Hawaii, um, after the program, he emailed me and said he wanted to come and study with me. And I ended up inviting him, and he spent three months with me. And this poor young man, he's you know 30 years younger than me, he got off the plane after a 24-hour trip, and in four hours I had him... Um, at his first drum circle, um, I, I never let up for the whole three months. Um, but he um, he wrote down what he saw of the experiences, and um, then we worked with that to come up with lessons that had been learned um, and outcomes that uh, that were good. So we developed like a mutual philosophy. And then when it was time for me to actually write the book as the the result of the the training that he had, um, it was much easier. There was no distinguishment between his words and mine. So the first person is really the us person. So I'm really writing on behalf of the both of us. It was just easier for my mind to wrap it around my own experiences 
using his memories. This sounded like quite an experience for Zuman. What lessons did he take away from the time he spent with you? More than what he had bargained for. Um, he learned what a crosswalk was and how you can stand for three hours if you don't push the button um, to get a green light. Uh, <laughs> most, mostly he learned how to run a foundation. It was something that neither one of us had even thought about, but in the process of working together, he was watching me and assisting me in running the New Rhythms Foundation. And that was, I think, the biggest lesson. He went back to India, started his own foundation called the World Center for Creative Learning, um, which is an arts-based therapeutic program. And 10 years later, it's still going very strong. Tell people more about your own foundation, Heather. I've let it lapse. Um, The last three years I've been uh, really ill with um, Lyme's disease, babesiosis, etc. And I didn't have the funds to uh, continue to do the fundraising. So I've let it lapse, and that's my last loss. So it's 14 years later, and I'm dealing with the loss of my sense of placement in this world. How can I feel good about myself if I can't do that which I'm known for doing? And the answer is, don't try to find something else. Just let life happen, and here you are. So I don't know where the next step in my life will be, but... What I grew with New Rhythms Foundation will never go away. And now music ability has sprung from the New Rhythms womb. Do you still keep in close contact with Zubin? I, yes. I, I think I mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm going there in November uh, as an advisor. So they're his students um, that have been with him for years will be coming to me for mentoring sessions. I'll be helping them with details of um, bookkeeping and accounting analyses that are going to be helpful with them. Um, I'm I'm still going to mean something. And even if I wasn't going, I've learned to understand that I mean something to so many people that I can't see now and don't understand, but I know is out there. If you could, Heather, tell people, what impact will having songs, science, and spirit have on their lives? That's a great closing question. Um it will have on their lives that which they needed to have. So you, I can't say read the book in order to discover this or that. I've been getting emails from all over and people talking about what it meant to them. So it, it means empowerment. It means a renewed spirit. It means a a vehicle um, to be used uh, as a background for action. 
uh, it's my life, and I'm I'm handing it to others in the hopes that their lives will be enriched by mine. It is contained with rich suggestions of all many, many, many different uh, ways that people can jump themselves out of a rut that they might be in or a mobility challenge that might be impairing their ability to move from point A to point B. I've been a drummer my whole life, so I've got a question about drumming I want to ask you. What is it about the drum that people connect with and find so much healing from? I think that needs my poem. Uh, I've grappled with this question for years when people were asking me, what is it that's happening and I decided to write a song, and I couldn't come up with an answer, but I came up with a poem of questions. May I read it to you? Please do. I called it the Drum Sweet Song. What is it about the drum that moves my heart and makes me come into the lightness of my soul, that lifts me up and makes me whole? What makes my voice become more clear? What gives me strength? removes my fear. How can mere words convey the shift, the anchoring when I'm adrift? What bathes my body in liquid light? How does it make my heart take flight while wrapping me firmly in my core, a supple body's mine once more? How to describe the arcs uniting, the bridging leaps, the magic dancing, in my very essence being both my binding and my freeing? All the answers lie within. They tease me with their beckoning. I get a glimpse, and then it's gone, and I am left with the drum's sweet song. I got what a, That's delightful, Heather. Thank you. The book is full of a rich set of perspectives, stories, ideas, and suggestions uh, where you can actually use song, music, drum to be able to enrich your lives significantly. It's truly a creative piece of work. I want everybody to know about it and everybody to purchase a copy. It's Heather McTavish. It's called Songs, Science, and Spirit. It's just been released by Heather, and I know she's been working on this now for several years and has finally finished it. So it is a true gem and a true gift to the world. Let me say it again, especially if you are an individual who's a member of a support group and if you have currently the symptoms of Parkinson's and your support group is not doing for you what you wanted to do, getting her book, you'll find some rich suggestions of how support groups can be transformed from dull, boring, lifeless, energy-sapping experiences to times that you look forward to that are energy-giving, that are exciting, and that actually have the effects of healing and helping people recover from the symptoms of Parkinson's. So it's a marvelous book with many, many gems embedded within. 
and I want to recommend that uh, everyone consider getting a copy. At a minimum, at least one copy per support group would be my recommendation. You can use it as a Bible in the sense that you uh, can pull out one activity from the book uh, for each of your sessions and then do that activity. But better yet, you're not alone, as Heather has clearly described in the show today, you have resources, and one of them is the author of the book, Heather McTavish. Heather, tell people again, you're there, you're available, you can be contacted. How do people get in touch if, in fact, they have some questions about how to do something that you recommend in your book or if they want to know more about your book? They can uh, email me at rhythms, R-H-Y-T-H-M-S, at rcn.com. They can go to my website, uh, www.music-ability.com and in there I have uh, the whole of chapter 6 um, in in there um, they can go to Amazon and, and do one of those you know click on this and surprise me with what you get to see or I think you've got something on your website um, that would steer people to Amazon as well um, that's right yes way, yes they can click yeah, on that and get to the link of your, your book as well. Right. So, so there are many ways. And they can call me. Um, and I won't put that out on the air, but if you check the various areas that I've directed people to, my phone number will phone, it will you know show up somewhere. And you have been and doing these groups... You have been doing these groups for a number of years, so you're very experienced. And I want to clarify for everyone, although clearly uh, individuals who currently experience Parkinson's are a frequent group that you work with, that's not the only group. You work with individuals, as I understand it, that are chronically ill and have other kinds of challenges as well. Isn't that correct? There, There is no group that is outside of my area of uh, joy in working with, um, whether they be um, individuals who've been diagnosed with autism, depression, um, any kind of a movement disorder. The world's the limit um, because the lesson in my book is not about Parkinson's, it's about spirit. And we all need to have our spirits revived. And, and I feel that my book is a way to help people do that. I've currently had calls and contact with quite a few people recently whose loved ones happen to have the symptoms of Parkinson's and who are currently in uh, nursing homes or other health care facilities that is, at the current time, they're not quite able to function on their own. I'd like to suggest that if that health care facility is not providing fun activities, one of the kinds of things you might want to do is to recommend to the health care administrator to contact Heather McTavish. She's available to be able to come. I don't care where the health facility is located and provide some training to their staff as well as some actual sessions, group sessions, on how song, drumming, dance, fun can be used to be able to facilitate healing for anyone with a chronic disease and particularly with Parkinson's. Of course, she she specializes in issues with Parkinson's because that happens to be a challenge that she's confronted for the last 14 years. Heather, what else do you want to be sure to mention to people that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? What other questions haven't I asked that I need to ask you? I'll think about them at 2 o'clock this morning and call you. <laughs> Write them down and I'll, <laughs> put, I'll post them on the 
I'll post them on the blog. You'll have to write the answers, too. <laughs> so, That's my the... standard answer. <laughs> I, I think you've done an amazing job, and, and when people ask me questions such as that, I usually threaten them with calling them at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't call. I usually email, but they do happen because my, there's no... There's no timetable to creativity, and uh, in working with you and talking with you, it, it brings out more waves of my own creativity, so who knows what it's going to bring up. It's exciting. Well, Heather, I do know that people who currently experience symptoms of Parkinson's are also known to be incredibly creative, and you have manifested a truly creative piece of work in your new book. Uh, it's anything but... Uh, another as usual book that's just been released it's a very very creative work that represents obviously capturing years of your own work and using these creative ways to help yourself as well as others get well so it's a it's a true wonderful contribution to the world and i want more and more people to know about it so Let's hope that those listening will spread the word, tell your friends. And, again, it's not just about Parkinson's, although, of course, uh, that is a theme in the book. It's about people with other chronic conditions as well. So instead of feeling as though you're in misery and will always be in misery, there is another way, and it is the Heather McTavish way, which is to have a lot of fun. Is there any song that you want to end this with, Heather? Any song that you want to remind people it's a good song to use if you happen to be a bit depressed in the moment? Um... Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama said, and then it goes on from there. <laughs> Wonderful. Heather McTavish, thank that. you. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing with us your incredible creation of your new book, Song, Science, and Spirit. Thank you so much for having me. It's indeed an honor. I appreciate it. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show from Parkinson's Recovery, that you are on the road to recovery. May your week be magnificent, and may you have fun every minute of every day. Good day. Thank you.